Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 73 of Walk On Radio, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals in hump. This is a, this is a tough one. This is the official last episode of Walk On Radio, the way we've been doing it in your apartment, in, in our studio. So uh, before we get started, we have a lot to talk about. How are you feeling? I'm good, Dalton. It's a it's a it's a sentimental um, it's a sentimental feat. Uh, the reason it is sentimental is because this is episode 73. Uh, we've done this 73 times, uh, which is which is pretty remarkable that we've made it this far. Uh, no, this is not the end of Walk On Radio. It's just the end of Walk On Radio uh, the way that we've been doing it. Yeah. So uh, and it's even funny and apropos of how. Walk Out Radio has been doing things. Uh, our last episode, unfortunately, we couldn't use our mic, so we're doing it the old school way. It's me and you sitting next to each other on a speaker. I think it's a perfect way to end uh, the at-home sessions. But we did talk about it last episode, what the plan is for Walk On Radio. And uh, we have a lot of ideas. It's not over yet. We're going to work on some video stuff so we can get Hump because, you know, Hump is going back home. And I'm going to be up here in Huntsville. But uh, it's going to be fun, you know. I'm thinking too that maybe we get some more guests. We got we got to do better with guests because now with our with our wide stretch of fandom, um, and I've I mean I've really noticed it on Twitter the most. How many people just reference Walk on Radio oh, dude, randomly, just yeah. randomly? And so I think I think our guest pool we can do better. We we I mean we 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 have the capabilities to get some really good guests, uh, and so I think going forward that will be something that's that's pretty important yeah and also you know hump is going to become a working man and and i know i trust he's going to be the guy that will be on time at all but there might be some weeks where you're busy working doing your things so we might have some guest hosts some stand-in hosts i got some people in mind but we're going to worry about that when we get there right now we do have a busy episode so hump let's get it started let's talk about some sam houston football of course that's we always go with sam college then the nfl so starting with sam houston uh we have finished our spring the spring is officially over we transition into summer workouts and hump, you know, how does it feel? This is your first time in, in a while not having to participate in summer conditioning yeah. and summer workouts. Are you, are you relieved? Are you still, it's still hitting you that, that you're not doing this anymore? Yeah. So I'm actually, so in two weeks, um, I'm going to Tulsa, uh, for the PGA championship. Uh, I'm real into golf now. Uh, and I, I know you've heard us, us talk about that on walk on radio, but go to the PGA championship and it's weird uh, yes, I'm going to start my job. Yes, I'm going to go back home, do all that. But it's the first summer in a, in a long time that I really kind of get to do what I want. Uh, not that I didn't want to do summer workouts, but I don't have to plan my entire life around waking up at 8 a.m. to go and run my ass off and, <laughs> and, and throw up on the football field, which, which I've done many times. Um, and so it's weird, but, but I am going to miss that summer. Summer is fun because, and you'll know this, but... It's it's fun because the only people that are on campus, especially in July, it's all athletes. It's it's football, it's volleyball, it's soccer, it's baseball, softball, it's it's and basketball, it's everyone. And so we've had some fun pool trips and some fun, you know, night nighttime festivities with with the other sports uh, here at Sam Houston. So that's that's always a good memory of mine. Yeah, and the cool thing for me this semester is because me and Hump are graduating, because I'm graduating, I don't have to take any summer classes. So this will be my first time where I am kind of just a pro athlete where I only have <laughs> yeah. to worry about is workouts and then, you know, film work and all that stuff. So I'm excited. 
going to be fun. Summer is always a great time. Uh, we got our group together. But you know, talking about Sam Houston football uh, as a program, we had our final meeting um, with Coach Keeler, and it's been announced that as of now, and of course because we want to sign some more, Hump, we have signed 37 transfers slash freshmen coming into this next year. So, Hump, how did uh, you've seen all the transfers. How does this make you feel? And, uh, man, it's going to be a completely different team next year. Yeah, man, I uh... – you know, two months ago, I was I was really concerned. Uh, I thought the roster turnover was going to be really bad, and it was. Uh, we you know we lost I think what was it like seventy percent of the national championship team, some yep. give or take something like that. And I was I was worried uh, to say the least. But man, we've really brought in some great looking freshmen, some great looking transfers. The trend. And, and in this day and age, that is a massive part of recruiting, uh, the way the transfer portal is, whether you like it or not. Uh, and Sam Houston has utilized that. We've brought in lots of Power 5 guys. We've brought in, I mean, guys that, not, not just that were at Power 5s, guys that played at Power 5s. And so that's a good thing for Sam Houston. You know, you, the only thing you worry about, and Dalton and I lived this our first year, you got to be careful when you bring in a lot of transfers. You don't want... You don't want to create a – what's the word I'm looking for? You don't want it to be – it's still about Sam Houston. It's yeah. still about the team. And and, and, and I, I'm sure these transfers are great, and I'm sure it's going to work out exactly like we want it to. But our first year, we had we had some really talented guys come in, really talented transfers. But there – but but – it wasn't it wasn't the the meshing that the national championship team had it was it was kind of me 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 instead of us 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 you know what i mean yeah. and so you worry about that with transfers uh juco power 5 whatever it may be but we've done really well we we've brought in great talent um and and you know i think the transition to fbs is is going to go better than people think yeah you can tell that as we bring in these guys and as we bring in the freshmen that we've been recruiting that there's a big difference between FCS and FBS uh, athletes. And, of course, the argument is FCS athletes, of course, aren't as talented. But that's not true. Uh, FCS, of course, we've defended them, fear the FCS. But you can just see a different level once we bumped up to the FBS level. And the transfers we brought in already, the ones that came in early, I'm really excited for them. They're all good people. Shout out Elson Hubbard. He's one of our big listeners, our big fans. Uh, and he's, he's getting on the pod this summer, guaranteed. Yeah, he has a lot to talk about. He is a Falcons fan, so we can definitely ream on him a little bit okay. because uh, uh, their draft was okay. And we're, we're going to talk about the draft in a little bit. But a lot of transfers, a lot of freshmen. I'm really excited for the group uh, to come in this summer and to get rolling with them. But uh, that's Sam Houston, man. We're taking a break. Uh, we're going to get some time off, and then we're right back into it. And then, hump, we got to beat A&M, which me and, uh, me and a couple of my buddies watched the their walkout, you know, the power song, uh-huh. the fans going. Uh-huh. Not ready. I'm not ready to experience <laughs> that. Um, it's gonna be crazy. We'll get. We'll talk about it as we get closer. But uh, next up, we need to talk about some college football, and the big argument. And this has been an argument that has happened multiple times, but now it's getting more and more. Is the NIL rule now? Uh, the NIL rule we talked about when it first came out. We were a part of that. We've done our part in the NIL, but all of a sudden. It's kind of getting out of hand. Uh, I know that there's a. Huh. It's a, it's almost like it's almost like that was you know maybe a possibility in the beginning. <laughs> so uh, apparently USC is one of the big culprits of this NIL uh, fiasco, as long as uh, as well as Texas. But USC, I don't know the player. I don't know if he's a recruit or current player. 
apparently got $3 million. He got a brand new house in Southern California, which is expensive, and also a brand new car through a dealership. And uh, that is a little out of hand. Apparently, there's a transfer receiver that's working out with Bryce Young uh, that is about to get a massive NIL deal to USC. And uh, I know the... You mean uh, Bama? Right. Well, yeah, but okay, he's working okay. out with Bryce Young, so people think he might flip. But ah, apparently, he's gotcha. getting a huge offer to gotcha. USC. And then, wow, who's the transfer Texas quarterback that went to Nebraska? Uh, Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson. Uh, apparently, he was on Busting with the Boys, one of my favorite podcasts, and he said that Nebraska gave him a huge NIL deal because you know how close Nebraska is. They don't got nobody else. They're gonna pump everything to him. So, Hump, talk to me about the NIL. Should it be taken away completely? Should it be adjusted? Or this is just the way it is? The better programs will get better deals. I just want to first take the time to say that I told you so. Uh, I I have, if you know me, I've never been for this. Uh, I, I truly think that, I think this is the beginning of the end. Um, I, I College sports as we know it is changing. College sports as we know it is gone. Um I just I'm not saying that NIL is bad, but with no regulation, this is what's going to happen. What 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 kind of money what kind of money did they think they were dealing with here? I mean, this is this is Texas, this is A&M, this is USC, this is this is Bama. These are the big money schools of the world, and and where college football reigns supreme, where college basketball reigns supreme, that these seven figure deals are, are are chump change to these schools. I mean, you know, you can say. You can say what you want about, uh, well, the school's really not doing it. It's it's whoever, it's whoever's giving the money uh, that that just happens to be a fan of that school. Whatever, that's crazy, man. These schools are doing that. Uh, I mean, it was already going on before it was legal, and now it's legal. So I mean, there, there's without regulation, without. I just I just think it has to be capped. There has to be do's and don'ts, and right now it's just the wild wild west. And this is this is the result you're going to get. Yeah, and I think it's also it, it's fair as they you know they allowed it, and now they have to experiment with it. And there's going to be some highs and some lows. But the, it's funny because this is what my final presentation is for one of my law classes. I'm working on the That's NIL cool. deal, and there's just so much that is is unfair and, and weird, and especially for small schools like us, we are not going to get those kind of deals. So how come that bigger athletes get the bigger deals? And, and the argument comes down to, well, they, they got to go to Georgia, so they get the benefits from it. But then you look at a school like Georgia, what about the softball team? What about the bowling team? What about the you know, basketball teams probably making some money? But there's some smaller teams in that university that should be getting the same amount of NIL deals, and unfortunately they're not. Now, is it because college football is the powerhouse and makes a lot of money? It's probably the truth. Uh, football, as it's known, makes more money than most other sports. Uh, of course, there's some basketball schools, as Hump says, that probably will make some more money. Kentucky, their basketball program probably makes more than their football team. But it's just a weird world that we're living in. I like the NIL deal. It's good for the athletes. You know, if, if coaches can get paid a lot of money, these giant contracts, why can't athletes? But like he said, there should be some rules and regulations. Um, I know the University of Texas, allegedly their offensive line, they're each getting $50,000, and it's supposed to go to a charity, but the charity is obviously their own pocket. So it's a tough deal, but um, the NIL is growing, and hopefully they can find some rules. They can make it where you know it you can only make a certain amount of money, um, and we'll have to see where that goes. But, Hump, 
college football, we're getting close. We're going to get some previews going later once we figure out the new and improved walk-on radio. But next up on the schedule, talking about college football, is the draft. Now, we did a little mock draft, and... You know, I'm glad not as many people watched it as our Zion and Tristan episode because, boy, hump, we were completely wrong. Now, okay, but with with that, though, there were seven first-round trades or whatever <laughs> it was, and so no one's mock draft was even close. Even even the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays were way off. More impressive, though, and I, and I was actually – I was very okay with this number. Um, so if you look at our draft – Guess how many first so people we had in the first round getting picked in the first round. Guess how many of those got actually picked in the first round? Man, I feel like we got we did we got there's only a few that we didn't get, so we got to be a high number. Twenty six out of thirty two. That's pretty good. That's pretty That's good. That's not bad. That's not bad. And especially for this year with how crazy the draft was, let's talk about it for a little bit. Hump, tell me some winners. Tell me some losers. We'll go first round only. Okay, we'll, and then we'll kind of expand on the draft as a whole. So okay, winners. I think players are in good spots, or winners, I think teams got steals. Teams got steals. Kind of a little mix of both. Which teams improved a lot with the first round alone, and which teams could have made some mistakes, could have won with somebody else? Well, uh, first off, I, I, you know, the team that had the best first round, in my opinion, first two rounds, actually, uh, you know, I think the New York Jets, uh, I, you know, they got Ahmad Gardner at four, who I had as the best corner. They got Garrett Wilson at 10, who I had as the best receiver. And then they came around and got uh, Jermaine Johnson. They traded back into the first round, got Jermaine Johnson, who was probably the third or fourth best defensive end. Uh, And then in the second round, I know we're only talking about the first, they got Brees Hall, who I had as the best running back. So a lot of improvement for the New York Jets, a lot of of weapons added for uh, Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick last year. Uh, and so, if you were a Jets fan, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But do you think do you think this is enough for the Jets to finally have that to finally flip that switch and, and become a, a positive record team? No, uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything crazy like that this year. But I will. I would bet that the New York Jets are not a top five pick next year. Wow. Yeah, I, they they always are. They're always in the top five. They were four this year, two last year. They will not be a top five pick this year. So talk to me about the number one pick. Uh, it kind of came down to a couple players, and the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up going with Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson, which it seems like Aiden Hutchinson was excited. He wanted to be for Detroit. But Trayvon Walker, a guy that didn't really show up until the combine, put up some great numbers, ended up being the first-round pick. Is this a W or is this an L for the Jaguars? Man, uh, of course, you know, we won't truly know if it was a W or an L until they actually play. Uh, but pre-draft opinion, I just I just don't like the idea of the NFL Combine deciding the number one pick. Uh, because for, for months, it was Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson. And then out of nowhere, it became Trayvon Walker. Uh, and, and Trayvon Walker, incredible athlete. Uh, had a great combine, but when I watched when I watched the national championship with Georgia and Alabama, and obviously you, you you hear about Georgia's defense and how incredible that front seven was, I don't even think that Trayvon Walker was the best player on that defense on his own defense. I don't think he was the best player, and so hard for me to say that he's the number one pick. I think the Lions got a great great player in Aiden Hutchinson at number two. Uh, he's a hometown guy. He's from Michigan. Um, 
And so I, I don't know, man. I I think Trayvon Walker is talented. I think he can be good. But you can't just be good if you're the number one overall pick. You If you're a top five pick in the draft, you have to be an eventual all-pro. Not, not immediately. That's a good take. But you have to be an all-pro at some point in your career or it, or it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And That's then, my opinion. And then the next one at three, we were watching the draft together, me, you, and Zach Lone, a former D lineman from Sam Houston. He's now coaching. Shout out to Zach Lone. But he's a Texas fan, diehard. And they ended up with Derek Stinkley Jr. at three, and you were not excited about it. So kind of talk to me about that pick. Uh, he was the best corner at one time. He was a top five pick. Kind of got hurt and missed out. Is this a good pick for the Texans? Uh, and, and overall, what do you think about the Texans draft? This was one where they lost to Sean Watson. They were given a lot of picks. So this was a chance to rebuild. Talk to me how you feel about the Houston Texans. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, like, I like the Derek Stingley pick. I just don't like it in that spot. Uh, I think I think three is really high for a corner. Uh, and, and just like I said, if you take a corner at three, he has to become Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's that's he has to be a perennial All Pro. He has to be an absolute shutdown machine, uh, especially in a game that is that is very. I mean, it's it's pretty much solely centered around the offense now. Uh, you know, and you could argue, oh, well, you know, they're paying all these receivers all this money. Well, it's worth it to take a corner to stop those guys. Okay, I, I'll give you that point, but I'll counter that point with it's freaking hard to stop those guys. And and Derek Stingley is not going to change how bad the Houston Texans defense is. He's going to take out one guy, potentially, and if he doesn't take out that one guy, he's not worth the, he's not worth the top five pick. So I think he's very talented. I think his ceiling is... As high as anyone uh, in the in the first ten picks of the draft, but it's like man, you know Houston needed so much. Like maybe you go offensive line, maybe you go Kayvon Thibodeau at defensive end. I don't know. I just I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around drafting a corner in the top five. Well, they did end up getting Kenyon Green from A and M at offensive line, so they kind of filled that spot. But I'm kind of with you. I think he probably could have fell a couple more, and they would have been able to get him with their original pick they had. They ended up trading it. But, you know, I think it's a good pick. He's going to be a good player, maybe a little early. Uh, but I'm surprised. And, you know, the Texans, like I said, this is their chance to kind of rebuild and do their thing. Uh, hum, next up, the Giants. I want to talk about the Giants real quick. They ended up getting Kayvon Thibodeau and then Evan Neal from Alabama. So they're going with Daniel Jones. I think they're spending one more year with them. Yep. But uh, how do you feel about the Thibodeau pick and the Giants? This is going to turn them around. Well, I think the Thibodeau pick is good. Anytime you can get a guy that was the number one pick, I mean, consensus number one pick for a very long time, um, he, he falls to five. That's, you know, I guess that could be a bad thing because, you know, why why didn't he get picked at one? But I look at it as a positive. You, you know, the talent is there. I think that he's going to have a chip on his shoulder for falling a couple spots. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for, for my Cowboys, I think the Giants had a good draft. Uh, Evan Neal, longtime starter at Bama, that's always a good thing. Hopefully he can protect Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I think the Giants will be drafting a quarterback next year or getting someone in free agency. But good draft for the Giants. Man, you talk about the Giants having a good draft. Talk to me about the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Yep. Seemingly one of the top winners in this draft this year. Talk me about Eagles and uh, as a Cowboys fan, you're a little bit nervous. Yeah, so Jordan Davis uh, at 13, that is a that is a man amongst boys. Uh, we talked about him in our draft episode. He he's a one trick pony, as Dalton would say, but that one trick is really good. 
so that's that's concerning. But the biggest concern is not even a pick, not even a draft pick. They they traded a draft pick to acquire AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans, uh, which man, when AJ Brown is healthy. He's a doggy dog. He's a, dog. He and that's a, a dog. That's a huge loss for the Titans, uh, who seemingly they have Traylon Burks now, who they drafted, but that's a big loss. They should have just paid the man. I don't know. I don't know what the Titans are thinking. I don't know. I, I thought it was, you know, it was certainly a money move because immediately after they traded, we were all like, "Oh my god!" Like he's on a one-year deal. What if the Eagles don't? What if the Eagles don't sign him? And five seconds later, four years, twenty-five million. Now, talking about the Titans, before we kind of go more on the draft stuff, did you see what Ryan Tannehill said about mentoring uh, Malik Willis, which we'll talk about more when we get to the whole draft, but Malik Willis going to the Titans, and they asked him to Ryan Tannehill about mentoring him, what he's going to do, and he said, it's not my job to, but if he learns a lot from me, that's good, and people were in an outrage saying that he's a bad teammate, so Hump, what side are you on? I'm pro Tannehill, it is not his job to do that, he can learn from his ability and watch him play. But if you see the old guys, Brett Favre, if you had Aaron Rodgers, what Brett Favre did to him, a little bit different. So, huh, pro Tannehill or pro mentorship? Yeah, I, man, I, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill, I don't really know why people are on him. I, I'm pro I'm pro Tannehill. I, he needs to be a good teammate. He needs to be a good leader. Um, but it's his job to win games now. It's not his job to... To help his replacement uh, or his potential replacement, he, you know, I'm not saying that he can't help Malik Willis, you know, learn the ropes, but it's not he's not babysitting him. It's not his. I mean, it's on Malik Willis to to retain the information from Ryan Tannehill or from the organization and to try to beat him out. But at the same time, Tannehill, it's his job to go and try and win the Super Bowl, he, and that's what his focus needs to be on. Uh, and so, people that are on Tannehill. That's bullcrap. I mean, I mean, no, nobody wants, nobody wants their replacement, uh, especially, especially in the same. I mean, they're in the same office. They're in the same meeting room. They're, they're. It's just, it's, it's a weird. And you and I know this from from playing college football. Coaches, they, their goal is to bring in better players than you. That, that's the ultimate goal is to bring in people that are better than you. And so. It puts Tannehill in a weird situation. I'm not saying to be a bad teammate by any means. I would never would never tell Tannehill to do that. But I am with him in him saying it's not his responsibility. And my thing, too, is if he was in a situation like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady where he is the guy, I would understand a little bit more. But Tannehill's been on the hot seat for a few years now. People say he can't get it done. He's not doing enough. So if you're on the hot seat, why would you want to train someone that they know they're trying to replace you with? It just doesn't make sense for me. He'll learn what he can, and, and of course, if he asks Tannehill questions, I assume he's going to answer. Now, if he starts openly ignoring him, that's a different issue, and then I can understand, but I think people just need to slow down a little bit. Um, talking about quarterbacks, the Pittsburgh Steelers made their choice. Everyone thought Malik Willis. I did. I put him in, in my mock draft, but they ended up going with Kenny Pickett. Talk to me about it. Is this the right answer? Is this the future franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, man, we were we were so surprised watching the draft. All signs pointed to to Malik Willis going to Pittsburgh. Um, they did take a quarterback, but it was Kenny Pickett. Uh, went to college in Pittsburgh, playing in the NFL in Pittsburgh, so that's neat. But man, I don't, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is not the long term answer for the Steelers. Uh, I don't necessarily know that it's Kenny Pickett either, but 
Kenny Pickett will have a chance to be the day one starter. I, I when when they when the Steelers line up week one uh, in September, I would not be shocked if the starting quarterback is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and I can also see a Mitchell Trubisky starts for a few weeks, ends up doing what he does, losing his job, and then they go with Pickett. But I you're just, not a Mitchell Trubisky fan. I mean, I as a Packer fan, I am just because of how long he played for the Bears and helped us win a lot of games. But he he's not a good quarterback. <coughs> he's a good veteran backup. That's funny. Um, but I just don't see him being the guy. So I think Kenny Pickett's time will come soon. Hump next up in the first round talk. We haven't talked about our teams. So uh, I know you a little bit nervous. You were a little bit upset about the Cowboys pick. So talk to me about the Cowboys. Uh, and then you can kind of go about the whole draft. You don't have to talk about just the first round, but how the Cowboys draft? Man, I, I let my emotions get the best of me. Um, like right after the Cowboys picked Tyler Smith in the first round, I, I was when when the when the top offensive lineman got taken, I was I was really gunning for hey, let's just keep bolstering our defense. Uh, let's let's add to a defense that's greatly improved. Uh, so there were a lot of good defensive names there. But we take an offensive tackle out of Tulsa. Uh, at first, pissed me off. Uh, but after after I calmed down, after I went back and, and watched some film, after I went back and, and read some articles, I felt a lot better about it. I think, and, and I'm, I'm not an offensive line ex- expert by any means, but after watching Tyler Smith's film, I think he's a little raw. I think he needs to work on some technique stuff, but... The physicality and and the body size and the the run blocking and, and all that, that is there. And that is something that the Cowboys direly needed. Um, I see Tyler Smith kind of fitting into that guard role. Uh, you know, we lost lost Connor Williams this year who was, you know, I, he was a Longhorn, but, God, he sucked. I mean, he, <laughs> he sucked, dude. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people were high on Leo Collins he got his job taken, whether you want to admit that or not. Uh, as Cowboys fans, uh, Terrence Steele outplayed him last year, and that's why we were okay with letting him walk. And so, I think Tyler Smith is going to be a good addition. Uh, I, I the Cowboys took a lot of high ceiling draft picks in this draft. There, there was there was a lot of picks that you know maybe it pans out, maybe it doesn't, but if it does, it's going to be really good for the Dallas Cowboys. And so. You know, the second round we took Sam Williams, All-American defensive end out of Ole Miss. His film, I mean, you know, a lot of people were talking about how it was a bad pick or, or they could have waited a little longer, but his film jumps off the tape. I mean, I mean, it, it he can get after the quarterback, period. And then, you know, one of the other draft picks that I want to talk about is uh, is Jalen Tolbert, uh, the receiver out of South Alabama. You know, a lot of people had him going in the second round. We were able to get him in the third Um the unique part about that one is Dak, Dak Prescott, actually called Jalen Tolbert like two or three days before the draft and to talk about, hey, like, you know, we like your stuff, you know, you really fit in with the Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. They talked over some film stuff. So that was pretty cool. Pretty. So I'm thinking that that might have been a blessing in disguise and maybe maybe he can slide into that two or three receiver role. Yeah, and people forget about Tyler Smith is how high his run block grade was. Yeah. And you talked about that. I think uh, he'll fit in at guard well. He'll have to work on his pass protection, but, I mean, he's going to the NFL with NFL coaches. That is something that will be an easy fix. Uh, talking about the Packers, the Packers had themselves Ooh, yeah. an A-plus draft. Yeah. 
Uh, I got a little nervous in the first first round because we didn't get a receiver. We got Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia, and Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. And it's funny, you know, the, the G, the Georgia G, kind of similar colors. Uh, you got the green, the green G and the red G. But, Hump, you forget that we had Devontae Wyatt rated higher than Jordan Davis just because he was a more athletic uh, defensive tackle. He can do kind of both things while Jordan Davis was a one-trick pony. So I'm excited to have him on the D-line with Kenny Clark. Uh, they're going to be a good duo. And Quay Walker, I mean, we needed some help at linebacker, so I'm super excited for him. You can but, never go wrong with back-to-back Georgia defensive players. Yeah. You're not going to go wrong there. <clears throat> and then the big news, in the second round, we traded up, and we got our guy, Christian Watson, receiver from North Dakota State. Uh, me and Hump have seen him. We've seen him play firsthand. He's done some crazy things, and I'm super excited to have him. He's that big receiver that we're going to have on the outside, uh, kind of replacing Devontae Adams. Now he's not the same skill level, of course. Devontae Adams is one of the best ever. But Christian Watson is going to be a good fit for that receiver room that we have now, old and young. Aaron Rodgers is excited. He even said to calm down, everyone be cool. We're going to get our draft right. So I'm super excited for the Packers. Hump, I don't want to be a Cowboys fan. But I might say that this is the year. Uh, we don't have many left with Rodgers. So we, in these four years, we have Aaron Rodgers. We got to win one, or Aaron Rodgers will be clowned. Did as... he he signed a four-year deal? Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will. I'll take the under on if he fulfills those four years. Okay. I I would say. And and I, I I'm at the point where he is going to finish as a Packer. I've I've changed my mind. I said I I apologize for being wrong saying that he would leave, but I bet he does not play four more years. Uh, it's questionable. I think, you know, you got to consider one big injury, something like that. Anything could change it. This is what I'll say. In the four years, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be in the Super Bowl once. We may not win it. Okay. I'm not going to go that okay. far. But we will be in the Super Bowl one time in these four years, uh, bearing an injury or something. Uh, in fact, NFL did like a little pre-mock draft for next year, and they had... The Buffalo Bills with the last pick in the draft, with the Buccaneers with the second to last, kind of giving that Bills and uh, Bucks Super Bowl, and the Packers losing in the NFC Championship again, okay. which would make me cry. But okay. hump, Bills Bucks, the NFL pre mock draft. What uh, what do you think about that? Oh man, uh, you know how I feel about the Bills. Um, I, I think that the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I think that again this next year, I. The NFC is so wide open. I mean, there is, and it's wide open because there's not a lot of really good teams. I mean, I, I think I think the teams that can actually go to the Super Bowl are capable of going to the Super Bowl are the Los Angeles Rams, of course. They want it. I think the, I mean, I don't even know about saying the 49ers right now because we don't know, we don't know about Debo Samuel. We don't know about their quarterback situation. So that, but we'll count them. Um, and after that, I would say it's 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 Cowboys, Bucks, Packers. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think that there are five legit contenders uh, in that NFC conference. Yeah, there, and we we talked about the last couple, a few episodes ago, about how strong the AFC is. But this, the NFC is lacking right now. But uh, the future stars are coming. We're gonna build it up. Um, kind of expand past the first round, and uh, we'll continue continue talking about the draft. Talk to me some winners, overall some losers, and then, of course, we will talk about Sam Houston, Bearcats, to the NFL. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, in the second round, you had you had potential fantasy 
breakouts. Brees Hall to the Jets. He's he had he was my first rated running back. Second rated running back was Kenneth Walker. Uh, he he goes to the Seahawks. Good pickup by them. He had an incredible final season in college. Um, you know, a couple other guys. George Pickens goes to the Steelers. Um, I'm just trying to think of the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter uh, goes to the Atlanta Falcons. I, good pick. I don't I don't see why why he couldn't start later in the year uh, over over Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, Matt Corral goes to Carolina. That's interesting. Um, I would say maybe they're are they out on Baker Mayfield. I suppose. I mean, I feel like you could still bring Baker in as a guy, as a veteran leader, um, and competition for Matt Corral. But like I said, I don't think the Browns get rid of him until Deshaun's case is figured out. Hump, uh, Drew Locke with the Seattle Seahawks. Seems they didn't bring in a quarterback. Uh, are we sticking with Drew Locke, and how confident are we that he could be the guy? Apparently, Geno Smith is also in the running. So oh, wow. So, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or I think when the when the Browns decide to drop Baker Mayfield, I think he could go to Seattle. Uh, but it's interesting. You know, you want to you wanna get a guy that can get DK Metcalf the ball. Um I don't. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to compete this year, but but maybe they'll prove me wrong. Uh, another another guy that I want to talk about in the draft, you know, Philadelphia. They took Nicobe Dean late. Man, I mean, real late. Who and I, tanked. man, I, I. Of course, this is not my job. It's not my. These people. This is their life to to scout the NFL draft and and to pick the right players. But I had Nicobe Dean in the first round. Um, I thought that he was maybe the best player on that national championship defense. I mean, he flies around, uh, and so the Eagles uh, potentially got a really good player in, in Nicobe Dean. Well, somebody said that he either had the worst physical of all time or he's a serial killer. There was just nothing in between that yeah. people could think why That's he funny. would fall so far. That's funny. Um, talk about losers, and, and this is my opinion. The New England Patriots, uh, first round, Cole Strange from Chattanooga, and I kind of heard stories about him. I didn't know what the hype was. I look at a picture of him. He looks like a tight end. He, he's tiny, but he can block people. But I don't know. The Patriots, to me, just I didn't feel like they filled what they needed to. Talking about the Patriots. It is- Drafted two running backs, and they already have Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And one of the running backs was Pierre Strong. So it's like, my God. I just, you know, Bill Belichick's always got a plan, but I, I don't know. Uh, the Ravens, Tyler Lindenbaum, he, he dropped, but they, I think he uh, he's going to fit well with the, with the Ravens. They got how Kyle they Hamilton, too, yeah. which I think is a good pick. Um, they're rolling with Lamar Jackson with their new style of offense, I guess, their college style. Uh, Mark Andrews is going to do his job. But uh, let's talk about some cats in the NFL. Zion McCollum, uh, everyone thought he was a late second rounder, potential third rounder. He, he tanks a little bit. Uh, we got a little nervous, but he ended up on a great team. He's going to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Hump, how do you feel about that pick? Zion, how is he going to fit in with the Tampa Bay defense? Well, I don't have an answer of why he fell so far uh, into the draft, into that fifth round, but that doesn't matter. He gets drafted by a great organization. He's going to get to play with the GOAT. Uh, that is that is pretty cool, and I think he's going to get to play right away. In, in some form or fashion, uh, they are getting a – incredibly versatile player in Zion McCollum and, and you know listening listening to the phone calls on Twitter that that was neat uh, uh, kind of seeing our friends um, at the draft party that was that was a really cool experience yeah and uh, of course his brother Tristan McCollum he signs with the Houston Texans so we got one right uh, staying home hump 
Going to the Texans, and of course, signing to a training camp deal is a little bit we different. We called that. Didn't yeah, we? we did. Yeah, we did call that. It's a little bit different than being drafted. He's going to have a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder. So kind of talk to me the difference between being drafted and being signed for people that may not know, and, and how much pressure, how much more pressure do you think Tristan will have over Zion? Man, I, to me, the difference is the money invested into you. It's it's you have less leeway as an undrafted free agent. Your 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 cut meter is is a little bigger. There, there's a there's you know there's there's less that has to happen for you to get cut, and that's just the reality of it. Uh, they're not you're you're not going to be a first round pick and get cut in training camp. You're not going to be a second round pick or a third round pick or maybe even a fourth or fifth round pick. If they don't feel like you're getting it done as an undrafted free agent, you're going to get cut. Uh, that's it, it's a it's a really really tough business in the NFL. There's so few roster spots. Uh, you know you've got practice squad, and that's a that's a good thing to be on as a as an undrafted free agent. So we'll see. I, you know if somebody can make it happen, it's Tristan. It's Tristan and Zion. That they, they have no doubt that they will make that work and they'll make the most of their opportunity. Um, you know, and and I'm skipping ahead here, but. Another cat that got signed was our friend Jaquez Ezzard. He, he signs with the Washington Commanders, which hurt me, hurt my heart as a Cowboys fan, but I'm so excited for him. And they are, like I said, they are getting a guy that they, they don't even know what they're getting. They, they are getting a guy that I think can make an immediate impact in the return game, and I expect Jaquez to make the roster. And the crazy thing too is is what we heard through uh, our source that told us that Jaquez was going to the Commanders. Was Dude, how cool is that? Very that cool. walk on radio kind of got to be, kind of got to be the uh, the the per sources for the day. It was yeah, pretty neat. there were people tweeting about because we were first to say uh, Tristan and Jaquez, and there were some professionally like NFL Network Tom Peloroso like saying like per sources. We, we, we were, were that sources. Source? Oh, we were sources. But from our from our source that texted us and told us, apparently he had multiple offers. So I don't yep. know what the commander stood above the others, but uh, commanders it is for Jaquez. Huh? You know what that means? You've been you've been hating on the jerseys. You've been hating on the color. <laughs> I know. I really did, didn't I? Because we we have a lot of jerseys to buy, and of course we have to wait till they make the roster. We don't want to get it early. But if he makes the commanders roster. You're gonna to have to buy a commander jersey. I just, I, I, will my soul allow me to do that? It's like, do I, do I outweigh my Bearcat faith or my Cowboy faith? I think, I, I think Bearcat faith, especially because Jaquez is our friend and he's a pretty big reason of why we got a national championship yep. ring. So I think, I think I can, I think I can, uh, I can bite the bullet there. Uh, now, think of this: Jaquez plays for Washington. They're going to play in Dallas one time, mm-hmm. okay? Zion plays for Tampa Bay. They play in Dallas this year. And Tristan is going to be playing in Houston. So yeah. a lot of lot of close proximity games that we will be able to uh, potentially go to, and that's exciting. But um, here's the problem with that. When the Commanders play Dallas, you have to go to Dallas Stadium, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, no. wearing a Commanders nope. jersey. No, nope. I would never do that. Uh, <laughs> I would never do that. I will wear... I will wear uh, my uh, "That's What the the Blank We Do" <laughs> shirts uh, that Jaquez is selling. Maybe maybe that'll catch on. Maybe he'll return a kick this year. He'll scream, "That's what the bleep we do!" And then it will catch on in the NFL. Uh, another player is Joe Wallace. He has yep. two rookie minicamp invites to the Chiefs and the Cardinals. So Hump, he hasn't made a decision yet, uh, or we don't know yet. If you had to make a call. Which team do you think he better fits with, the Chiefs or the Cardinals? Man, golly, I would have to look at it more. Uh, I know that you and I had 
the Cardinals drafting a defensive tackle. Don't know that they did. Uh, maybe they did. I don't know. But I remember, they need it. Uh, and it would be really cool to play alongside J.J. Watt. Um, but, you know, in that situation, you just got to do what's best for you. Uh, you got to do what's best for Joe Wallace. Uh, I know that he will. I know that he is going to – I mean, God, he works so hard. He, he, he's, he works so hard. He's a great leader. I think that's what stands out about him. Uh, and I, I hope the best for him. That's probably coming up. I know that the rookie mini camps are like two weeks after the draft or something. Yeah, and then uh, one more player, and I guess this is a breaking from Walk On Radio because he hasn't told a lot of people. He talked to me about it because he's close friends with me. Matt McRobert, punter, the Aussie. He's got a couple offers, and uh, I'm not going to name the teams just because uh, I don't know if he would want me to, but uh, breaking news from Walk On Radio per source. Matt McRobert's got a couple offers in hump. You know, I don't want to give anything away, but you might be really excited with one of them. Uh, wink, wink, hint, hint. Uh, but really excited for Matt McRobert. Uh, it's unfortunate for the other guys that didn't get signed. It, it's a tough deal. I know it probably it probably sucks. I couldn't imagine. Uh, but with the USFL and the potential XFL coming, there are opportunities to play. And so, hump. You know what? What do you say to a player? And of course, you 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 haven't been through this because you haven't been drafted. But what do you? What's the best advice to give a player that didn't get signed or, or drafted? Do you tell them to keep fighting and try again? Or is it just something where it's like, you know, maybe it's time to, to go on and get a new job? I just don't know. I don't know how, like, how would you handle not being get, getting drafted and you were a guy that people said had a chance? Man, I think you just got to be real with yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, it sucks. It sucks being told, you know, you can't do something or, or you didn't get a chance, but you just got to be real with yourself. Understand that the top one percent of the top one percent of the top one percent ever play in the NFL, uh, and so it doesn't. You can have a good college career and not go to the NFL. That doesn't define your college career. So don't don't let that. I mean, golly, it's it's so. I've we've played with great players at Sam Houston that did not get a shot in the NFL, uh, and so it's. It's just it's a it's a tough business, man, and you know, you just gotta you gotta do what's best for for you. Uh, if that's continue training and and try to play in in one of the the lesser leagues like the USFL and the XFL, that's great. Uh, those are great opportunities and and great opportunities to bump up to the NFL. If the best move for you is to hang it up and you know, go go try to go try to get a job wherever your degree is in or, or anything like that, that's great too. There, there's no wrong answer, uh, but I think you just got to be real with yourself and, and weigh your options. Yeah, you talked about Bearcat Legend. I saw this on Twitter and, and kind of forgot that he was still playing. Yedidai Lewis is playing on the <laughs> fan-controlled league, which yep. such a cool concept. Uh, I he did have a great play the other night. Yeah, yeah. he's playing with uh, Johnny Manziel and Terrell Owens, who is back playing football. That's crazy. Fan control league, that that's a crazy concept. It looks really fun. But Woody Brandom had a had a big play in the USFL the other night. Yeah, broke, and broke uh, a long one. getting uh, he's he's got to be the most famous player on in the USFL yeah, I saw right now. Rob Gronkowski like hit him up. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Good for him. Um, but yeah, there's many of opportunities. And uh, if this was it, you're still in national championship. You still won it. You still have a lot of good memories. But hump enough of the Sam Houston Bearcats. Let's go back to the draft. And let's name, let's do some predictions. Okay. Let's start off with Defensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh. If you had to guess, a lot of good names. This was a heavy defensive draft. If you had to name one, who's going to be? Man, that is a great, great, great question. 
I'm going to stick with my guns here, man. Uh, I talked a lot about him. I wanted him to be drafted higher, and by higher, I mean the number one overall pick. I will go defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson. Wow. Detroit Lions. That's okay. good for old Detroit. I'm going to go with uh, <coughs> I'm gonna go with a player who's on a team that's not very good, so he gets a chance to shine. Uh, I think uh, he's in a league or in a division that's kind of weak, and he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I'm going with Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a good pick. Defensive end for the pick. New York Giants. Hope he gets them all against the Eagles and the and the, uh, and the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, it ain't happening against Dallas, baby. And then uh, next up, of course, is offensive rookie of the year. Oof. Now you got a lot from this different... one's this one's tough because you you don't know that you're going to get a quarterback. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of rounds of offensive players. Do you go with the receiver? Do you go with the running back? Who's your offensive rookie of the year? Oh, man. Now, this is subject to change when we make our official oh, predictions yeah. in June or July yeah. when we have our NFL preview episode. But I'm going to go I'm going to go a curveball here. Uh-oh. Okay. They traded this guy with a backup plan, okay? Tennessee Titans, they traded one freakish monster athlete and they drafted another freakish athlete monster. So, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, Traylon Burks. Oh, interesting. I don't know. It's a, it's that's a fun take. You know what's funny about him too is, uh, it's either him or Pickens, but one of the two has to wear a quadruple it's, X it's glove. Burks. It's oh Burks. my god, quadruple X glove. Massive hands. I don't even um, know what that looks like. My answer, I want to say Christian Watson, but I'm not. Uh, we know how the Offensive Rookie of the Year award goes. Normally goes if there's a starting quarterback that puts up even a light amount of numbers, they're gonna get it. So I'm trying to think of which quarterback has the best chance to start, and obviously it's Kenny Pickett. Now is he gonna be the best court, best rookie quarterback? I don't know. Desmond Ritter still got a shot with the Falcons. Malik Willis could take the spot and and win out. But I'm going with a true guy that I think will start Week One. That's Kenny Pickett. And so going with the quarterback just because that's how the NFL works is it kind of uh, it kind of leans towards quarterback. So hey, if you remember, I picked a backup quarterback to win Rookie of the Year in Justin Herbert two years that ago, is true. and he is now he's now a top five quarterback in the league. Hump uh, talking about doing some early predictions. I know this isn't about rookies, but your pre pre early MVP. Do you got any ideas yet? Have you been Have you been planning early? Dakota Rain Prescott. Oh God! Uh, no, I yeah. If I had to pick one, if I if I was gonna put money on somebody, I feel like this is a cliche answer right now. But I'm gonna go Josh Allen. Uh, he just he gets it done, man. The the Buffalo Bills are gonna be a force to be reckoned with this year. Josh Allen, you know, God bless him. Uh, one one of my fantasy football Super Bowl for me. He he's really fun to watch, man. He he's kind of that new new age mega arm can run the ball talent. Uh, and so I think uh, I think I'd go Josh Allen. Um, you know I'm a crazy man, right? Uh, I make crazy picks, and uh, I did say this with Justin Herbert, and I was wrong. But normally the MVP will go to somebody that's kind of struggled or didn't really have a good career, and then all of a sudden puts up some crazy numbers. He deserves it. He did it. And so I got to pick a new team next year for for you know my team. It was oh, the Chargers. Who is, yeah, who's it gonna be? I got it. I got it locked in, and it sucks that I have to do this because uh, my boy went there. But MVP for next year, my pre-early early, Derek Carr. Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, Going with the Raiders. Okay. I think Las Vegas turns it around. And uh, So does La- so you're you're saying Las Vegas gets out of that division? It makes the playoffs? We'll talk about the preview. I'm they've not got gonna... they've got to make the playoffs if he's winning MVP. Yeah. 
I, I just think he's got that connection he's going to have with Devontae Adams. Okay, so we'll save it. We'll save it for the summer. Yeah, we'll save it for but, the summer. Uh, but that's a, I like that take. I like. I'm gonna take that. But uh, do we anything else we want to add to the draft? Any uh, any other takes we want to make before we move on? No, I don't think so, man. It was a lot of fun. It was crazy. Uh, it is every year. The draft is fascinating because you never truly know what's going to happen until it happens, and you never truly know what picks are good or what picks are bad until they get out on the football field. I do have a question. One more question for you. I was going to ask it. Who in this rookie group is going to have the best fantasy numbers? Oh, man. A lot of good receiver options. Uh, but I, I am going to go Brees Hall to the New York Jets. I think he's in a situation of success. Um, you know, But if I had to pick a receiver... I don't. I, Garrett Wilson. I mean, that, I know it's another Jet, but I think Garrett Wilson is is the best receiver in this class, and I, and I think he could. I think he could put up good numbers. Is the Jets your team next year? No, no. <laughs> Are they my Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, enough for the draft. Uh, we come to this part of the episode. We kind of get to self reflect. We're having a little uh, emotional last episode here at the apartment. So, Hump, my question to you is. You know, before we say favorite memory, what has been your favorite episode of Walk On Radio so far? Oh, it's got it's got to be the day. It's got to be the day after the national championship. That I mean, was that, crazy, dude. That I mean, that whole. I'm skipping. I, that's my favorite memory. The playoff run and the anticipation of okay, we're we gonna what? What are we and Dalton gonna say if we lose <laughs> next week uh, on Walk On Radio? That that anticipation and just. You know, the viewership we were getting in those episodes, we were getting like 200, 300 like downloads like crazy. It was yeah. it was a lot of fun. That that was that was pretty neat. It was it was a cool, unique inside look at the greatest run in Sam Houston history. Yeah, I think it was funny, like you said, after or while we were talking every episode, we were like, you know, if we get there, you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to say no. Maybe we play next Saturday. We got there and it was it was really fun. I think my favorite memory uh for us, and this isn't even trying to, you know, kiss anybody's butt, but when we first got that believe offer, when they when they hit us up and said, you know, we're a company in LA, we want to look into your program, we really like your podcast, that was pretty cool because that was us going from, you know, being just two guys doing this to, oh my God, we're we're actually kind of good at this. So it was really fun getting our mics, doing everything, all the guests we've had. Ooh. The live episode at Arnaud's was a lot of fun. That was a lot that of fun. That was a lot of fun. I just remembered that. All the people coming and, uh, and that showing was cool. up. Hump, I, I have a question for you as a graduating uh, student. Not counting, like, what is your favorite non-football memory of Sam Houston? Not a lot because, you know, our life was around <laughs> our football. Li- our life was football. But did you have any non-football memories? Man, and this is probably a cop-out answer because it involves – football players, but man, just, just hanging out with everybody, just, just making relationships with, with all my really good, really good friends that I made in college, you, Eric, Braden Clopton, Gunnar Caps, Rance, Emmanuel, Chandler. I mean, I could, I could go on for 20 minutes and, and say names, but I made so many great friends and, and we did a lot of stuff outside of football that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we've, golly, we, we've hung out a lot. Yeah. We have, God, oh, the last four years we have, uh, We've spent some time together. Man, speaking of Braden Clopton, I didn't bring this up. Braden Clopton is hanging up the helmet after three years with the program. What a cool story that he had. Uh, he had two major knee surgeries out of high school. Didn't look like he was going to have a chance. Technically, kind of walked on, not a lot of money. And he ended up being a freshman All-American, a starter for the National Championship team. 
and a good friend for both of us. So I'm really happy for Braden. Uh, he gets to go on and, and do his thing. And uh, what a good career he had here. So shout out Braden Clopton. But man, just so much fun we've had here. One of my favorite things is, uh, this isn't football, but like I said, it involves football players, is you know, our house is, the house that I live in, is the big house for Halloween parties. And so yes. when I first got here, the house that I lived in was kind of the football house. It was the older guys. And each year they bring in new players and someone leaves. And I was honored with the opportunity to move in. And it's a big deal. It's it's the house that kind of, it's a tradition house. And they always have the big Halloween party. And so it was our turn to host it. And I think we did a good job. We had a bunch of people over. Everyone in costumes. I love uh, holidays are the best time. Well, I've had some good Halloween costumes in my college career. Oh, yeah. I've, I've gone Joker twice. Those were both really popular. And then one year, I was uh, Ron Burgundy uh, from Anchorman, <laughs> and that was a good costume. Yeah, and so Halloween's always a good time. Uh, holidays in college are a big deal. Yeah. And and obscure holidays, like Cinco de Mayo. That's that's what today is. It's a big holiday in college, and you've got, you know, Fourth of July in the summer when we're here. That's that's pretty fun. That, that week is fun. And so, uh, yeah, just lots of... Lots of little memories that that I'm gonna I'm gonna miss in college. Yeah, I remember our first summer here when it was just me and you in the dorm or the dorms, the apartments. It was Fourth of July, and you were trying everything in your power to let me to go out with y'all and go see the fireworks. And I was in my room playing Fortnite, not uh, not wanting to talk <laughs> to anybody. That was pre Ryan and Dalton friendship. Yeah. So Hump, one more thing, uh, and this is not even football or, or walk on radio connected, but. You know, we're both movie guys, and today <coughs> is Thursday, Ooh, yes. and we're going to see a, a movie that we've been anticipating, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, if you if you follow us and know who we are, we're big Marvel guys. Don, when are you going to get a movie podcast? It's coming. I uh, I feel like like everyone knows this, this athlete, sports-minded side of you, but I know the true Dalton, and the true Dalton is a movie whiz, yeah. is, a, is a movie critic. The here's the hard part is finding because you know you're gonna be busy with life and this this is something that you were part of but my movie podcast is gonna be you're gonna be a big guest and you're gonna be there often. I am very good in my in my realm. Yeah. In, in the Marvel realm, I'm very knowledgeable. Star Wars, I'm very knowledgeable. Um, I mean. There's spots that I would not contribute as well as I would want to. Yeah, so I, I, I'm in the look for a host uh, for my movie podcast. So I guess if you're listening to this, you get <laughs> yeah, to this part of the if episode. If you, you like movies, hit Dalton up. If you're interested. But uh, I am planning on making a movie podcast, <laughs> an entertainment podcast. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be just like this, just a different subject. But Hump, cool. talk to me about Multiverse of Madness. Give me, uh, and of course, we can talk about another time the next time we have this episode. Yeah. But give me your preview. What do you think... Uh, how excited are you, and what do you think is going to go down? I'm very excited. Uh, Dalton and I, the last couple years, we, we've kind of made it our mission to go to uh, Marvel premieres with each other. We, we've been to been to multiple, and that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what to expect for this one, man. I think it's going to be so crazy all over the board. Um, I, I'm reading a lot of good stuff about it, but glad that we're going. Uh, that it, it should be fun. Marvel. The, the reason Marvel is so cool is because of how much everything means something for the next thing uh, they, they tie in everything so well so if you're a fan of that i i uh i suggest you go to this movie if you're not a fan i suggest you start from the beginning uh because marvel marvel movies are a lot of fun yeah and they they've said that they they had like this big meeting with a bunch of creative minds and they've set marvel up for the next 10 years so there's plenty of it going around That's go crazy. watch doctor strange if you want to but you know follow us on instagram follow us on twitter uh, we're going to get hats soon eventually, I promise. 
listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, leave a five-star, give a review. Uh, this episode brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. And uh, we will see you next time with a new look, a new, a new rebranding. This is going to be really exciting. But of course, listen to our old episodes, and uh, we will see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.